Hey, this is uh, Gene back with Josh. We have been uh, spending the last few episodes talking about culture and culture in the context of church. And I want to sort of bring this whole culture discussion to a conclusion today. And we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, sort of the heavenly prescription or what God intended for the church to be. Passage I want to share with Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Uh, some translations say, there I am in their midst. You know, just the idea that we want to sort of throw out is that a lot of problems in the church uh, exist because we have, you know, used this whole attractional model we've been talking about and we have uh, reflected the culture around us instead of uh, walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit within us and, you know, looking and relying on God's glory and favor upon us to empower us to move and work. I think a lot of what we talked about in the previous episode really stuck with me, just the idea that if church can be done by a human product and without the power of the Holy Spirit, what's the point to it? And that's something we've been talking about a lot off of the podcast as well, is just struggling to see the fruit of those atmospheres and the fruit of that environment of your average church service, right? Like it can make you feel encouraged for the day. And obviously God can do whatever he wants. And there are some incredible things that happen in these atmospheres. I'm not trying to downplay, um, I guess what could be like the typical church experience, but sometimes it's hard in hindsight to see the fruit of that. Yeah. And if you go back to the whole idea, we've been discussing about, you know, being consumers, yeah. You know, the, the truth is there's far better producers of material than the church. Yeah. And so when you rely on the church to be just another producer of material and another entertainer, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. And there's so many concerts that are better than a church service. And, right. uh, I mean, Christian entertainment as a whole kind of gets a, uh, bad reputation for being cheesy and not up to par with the other versions of entertainment and, yeah, I completely agree. If we're just going to try to copy what culture already has, it's almost going to come across as a joke. And that's not to say the church is a joke because the church is not a joke. But if anything about the church has become a joke, it's because we've made it that way. Right. It's because we have taken what the church was not meant to be and tried to make the church that. Right. And so when the world as a whole looks at the church, they're not really uh, impressed because... Uh, what they see is things that can be produced by other entities or other organizations. Yeah. Something they don't need. Right. It can be accomplished with human effort. I think that that's the disconnect is we've got to get back to walking, uh, you know, in power. What, what the world needs is not a, a church that's a better entertainer, but the world needs a church that will take the power of the gospel and the presence of Jesus Christ into the streets, right? Yeah. To quit making it all about the building and, making it a social club and all about networking and make it you know, truly that the, the presence of Jesus Christ in the streets, which is what, you know, the whole missional thing we've been talking about and why I believe we're all here. So I'm hearing like the idea goes from someone coming up to you in the, in the grocery store and being like, Hey, you need to come check out my church because we have an incredible worship pastor and our pastor is an incredible speaker, a very talented teacher to someone coming up to you in the grocery store saying like, hey, there's this community of people that 
I happened to meet when everything for me was falling apart and everything is better now. Marriages restored, relationships restored, physical healings, things that the world cannot produce, right? things that the world cannot offer. And it has to go past the talent of who's on the platform right. to the actual thing that we're supposed to do, which is bring heaven to earth. Right. On earth as it is in heaven, right? Yep. I mean, and I think that that's the key. Like when you take Jesus to the streets, that's what happens, right? You see families restored. You see marriages restored. You see relationships made right. You see, you know, addicts set free instantly. You see people healed. You see people, you know, with just emotional and mental stuff just that Jesus instantly deals with, yeah. right? And, and instantly brings healing to those things. But I think the, the disconnect is, by and large, the church is not walking in that. Right? We're not walking in you know, the power of the gospel, and we're not taking Jesus out into the streets. We have this field of dreams mentality, right? Yeah. If you build it, they will come. And we just try to put on a wonderful, entertaining service on the weekend and hope that the people who need it show up. But that's completely the opposite of what we're left here to do, right? We're yeah. left here to to go out into the world and to go out into the streets. You know, the Bible says the highways and the hedges. and yeah. And... You take Jesus to them. That's why we're here. And we still have this idea as everything operating under the title of the church or the banner of the church. So we feel called to make the church more intimate like we see the community is in Acts. So we create this culture of small groups. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for small groups. I think small groups are an awesome thing. But if the small groups are still promoted as a church small group, the typical response is going to be people within the church separating into cliques to go to those small groups other than bringing in people from the outside. But what happens if instead of a church small group, two or three people from the church just pick a public space and start going there and right. start introducing themselves to other people in that coffee shop or in that restaurant or wherever it is? And they create a new community where maybe they don't even bring up their church. Maybe they don't even advertise their church, but they show the true character of Christ to the other people in that area that are definitely hungry for it. People are definitely hungry to experience what Jesus has. They've just been so burnt by the culture of church that when you advertise anything to do with a church, most of these people are not going to be impressed by it. They're not going to want anything to do with it. Right. But but that that disconnect is hard for a lot of Christians and a lot of hard for a lot of church leadership, yeah. I think, because you know, they're building their own kingdom. Yeah. And it's about them and their church and their name and making you know, their name great and their church great. So therefore everything they do, they have to get credit for. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not coming to our church, then where are they going to pay tithe to? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so but if you, if you think about it, I mean, the things we just talked about, you know, the restoration of relationships and healings and, you know, he, emotional healings and all those things. I mean, those things are the norm when Jesus is involved. Yes. And I think when people get a taste of that, when they get a taste of the kingdom, they want the same thing we're seeking, which is yeah. on earth as it is in heaven and, yeah. and seeing him move and work in ways that we can't begin to imagine. And, you know, for, for all that to happen, the key is his presence, right? That that is the prescription, if you will, for yeah. you know, churches that are inward focused and building their own kingdom. It's to 
you know, to quit doing stuff for Jesus to start start doing ministry by Jesus. Yes. And there's a huge difference between those two. Yes. And we see in Scripture everything Jesus did and everything Jesus taught always ended with Jesus sending people out to do what he was doing. Right. But as we've talked about so much now, the idea of the church is to keep people in to continue the idea of, well, come here and then we'll do this all over again next week when a true kingdom church is going to happen in the streets, is going to happen with healings at a grocery store or words of encouragement to somebody at the gas pump or whatever the case is, it's going to happen way more outside of what we call the church than it ever will inside this atmosphere. Right. So it, so it goes back to, you know, he is with us and he promises us his presence. This is why I started off with that passage from, Matthew eighteen twenty four two or three are gathered in my name there I am among them, uh, because it's His presence that changes things. Uh, his presence is the difference between life and death. His presence is the difference between, you know, the supernatural and you know the mundane things happening. I mean, His presence is the key to it all. I guess is in short what I'm trying to say. But the problem is, uh, by and large, the church we've taken our fo- our focus off of that and we focus on Again, a better, I don't know, better worship leader, better music, better preacher, better sermon, better structure. Yeah. You know, whatever. All these things that in the end really don't matter because yep. Jesus is the key that changes it all. Yep. And I know the biggest question, and this is a question that we definitely don't have a complete answer for, but the biggest question that you'll get in bringing up any of these things is, well, how do I get from where I am now to that? Like, how do I take all I've ever known about church and come out doing true kingdom work? And that's definitely something that we're still working through as well. But to offer any encouragement on that topic, it just has to be way more than just about the Sunday morning experience or Saturday night experience or whenever you decide to meet um, as a pastor, teacher, whatever your title is. If you're spending your whole week just preparing that sermon and not actually pouring into people, then as blunt as possible, it's not as helpful as we may think it is. Right. Because I definitely don't remember every sermon that I've ever heard. And I guarantee you, I've heard some great ones that I've forgotten about. Um, And if I go back and hear them over again, I'll be like, man, that was a really good sermon. And then I'll forget about it again. Right. But I do remember the people that have been there for me. I do remember the people that have taken time out to pour into me and to pray over me or to speak things over me that there's no way that came from them that had to come straight from God because they wouldn't know the things that they've spoken over me. Yeah. Like those are the things that'll stick. And when you see church operating the way church is supposed to operate, that's going to be a very normal experience. Yes, biblical teaching is important. Yes, a time of praise is important. All of those things are important, but we've almost turned them into an idol when that's not what they were supposed to be. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I I actually want to share a quote uh, from the book Church 3.0 by Neil Cole. He sort of summarizes this whole idea. I love the way he says this. He says, if we start our entire understanding of church with Christ's presence among and working within us, then we will expect to see much more radical change starting with us and extending to the neighborhood and the nations. That's good. 
Yeah, I just I love that quote because you know going back to how do you start this? How do you start the transition? I think everything you just said is absolutely correct. But you know you have to start somewhere, and I think the place to start is just that you that you truly seek the Lord and that you just seek to do what He's calling you to do. Yeah, and it, you know whatever that may be or whatever that may look like. That's what we tell our people here all the time, right? If you want a missional community, we need everybody doing what God is leading them to do. Yeah. And our job as the church is just to support them and encourage them and resource them and do whatever we can. Exactly. And I think there's something beautiful about that quote that says it starts with us and extends out. Right. It doesn't say that it starts with us and then people will be drawn to that and they'll join us. Right. It means that what we have here is going to extend out to our city, to our state, to our country, as far as we're willing to go, God is definitely willing to go further. Right. And I think one of the biggest things that we're trying to incorporate here more that maybe by the time this episode comes out, we will have incorporated here more is that the church experience is more of a time to celebrate what God has done through the week, to come in, share stories with each other, to encourage each other, like someone comes in and tells a story how they saw someone healed this week or they saw someone free from thoughts of suicide or whatever the case is. People come in telling stories and we celebrate and then we go out and do it again. Right. And that is exactly what I believe this quote is talking about is we come in and just celebrate how good God is and what he wants for us, the freedom, the healing, all the stuff that he wants for us and we create an atmosphere that makes those things possible, makes us believe those things are possible, then we go out and do that. Right. Other than the typical church mindset that I grew up with, I can't say this is typical for everybody because I can't speak for everybody, but the typical mindset I grew up with was you struggle all week and then you get to church so God can give you a little pat on the back and say, here's some encouragement, now get back out there to another crappy week. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. Not at all. I don't know, as, as, you, as you're talking, I was thinking through even my own personal life and you know, church leadership and you know opportunities that I've had. I think there's been a, a large portion of my life and a large portion of my, my time in church, really, where I substituted uh, ministry for an intimate connection with him. Yep. I think that that's a huge mistake yeah. that, that we make a lot of times, that the, the, the typical church model just sort of fosters that and, and supports that idea. Yep. That you know, it's, it's all about what I'm doing for Him. Kind of creates and, the idea that doing something for God is equal to spending time with God, right? And it's absolutely not. No. And then, and then we substitute working for Him for the for the things we should be doing. You know, yep. going back to what you said earlier about you know sermons. I mean, I, I you know, if you're a church leader, I challenge you. Like, you ask somebody next week what you talked about this week. You mm-hmm. know, they just, they don't they don't they don't stick. Yeah, uh, most of the time. You know, if, if they may be able to tell you the title and the overall subject, but uh, I guarantee you they can't recall your three points yeah. in, in your poem at the end, uh, you know, the typical sermon. They can't recall those things the next week or the following week. Yeah. But, it, but the like you said, the, the connections and the, the people who spoke into your life, who spent time with you, who were there during troubling times, I mean, people remember those things because yeah. they're meaningful. Yeah. And it truly impacts their life. I mean, and I'm the same way. I mean, I can't tell you what I talk about from week to week sometimes, yeah. just to be honest. But uh, but you do remember the people that call you up to say, hey, let's go grab some food or yeah, let's absolutely. go get coffee. Or, right. Or yeah. people even, you know, 10 years ago who 
spoke a word into my life that I know is from the Lord. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I'm this, I remember the conversation like yesterday. So I think that the challenge is to, is to be more of that, right? To be more of the intentional, missional people that are, you know, doing work by Jesus instead of the people who are working for Jesus. Yeah. Again, there's a huge difference there. And it's this crazy idea because if you are a biblical church at all, you should spend time teaching on the Holy Spirit. But this is an opportunity to go past those teachings and actually fully rely on the Holy Spirit. Right. And from someone like me, I like to have plans. Plans are a good thing to have. And sometimes fully depending on the Holy Spirit means going in blind. Oh, yeah. And even in like the typical church atmosphere, some of the most impactful sermons that I've ever spoken are the ones that I didn't feel were ready to go yet. I didn't feel like I had spent the time needed to prepare them. And then there's been ones where I've been cocky and I've spent 20 hours prepping this one sermon. And I'm like, this right. is going to be the one, this is going to be the sermon that's going to pack the altars and right. all that stuff. And then everybody just kind of staring at you with a blank face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. it just proves that it's not about our talent. It's about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God telling you to go up and give someone a hug will speak way more than a hundred sermons. Right. Yeah. Same here. I've often thought about that as well. How the ones you think they're going to knock it out of the park never do. Yep. And the ones that you, you know, for not really halfway put together, but the ones you don't feel are done. Yeah. That you're not comfortable with. Complete, right. Yeah. You're not comfortable with are the ones that God uses. And I think really it comes down to pride. Yep. A lot of times. Definitely. You know, we become prideful over the ones that we think are good and are going to knock it out of the park. But the other ones were, you know, we're more dependent on him, I think, and we, we know that it's not us at all. So let's uh, sort of wrap this up as far as this cold culture thing and, um, you know, the traction model stuff we've been talking about as far as, like, application. Like, where, where, do, you, where do you go with this? I mean, what's, what, what's on your mind? Complete surrender. And that's, man, so much harder to say than do. There's this uh, spoken word poet that I really like. Levi the Poet has a quote uh, that I'm probably going to, get wrong but it has the idea of there's more to surrendering than the uh, verbal acknowledging of i surrender like it's way more than a teaching or way more than just something that you can quote it's something that you have to actively choose to do every day to surrender to your own plans surrender to the things that you think you should do or surrender to the things that you think your church should be doing and actually open those things up to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want today? It doesn't always have to be the big picture of where are we going to be in 10 years? Where are we going to be in 20 years? What do you want for me today? Where do you want me to spend my day today? Who should I pour into today? And I think a lot of times it just comes from us not focusing on us or not focusing on the idols that we've created in prepping for the Sunday morning experience. Once again, not that that's bad. Obviously we fully agree that there needs to be biblical teaching, but I know there's been a lot of times that I've ignored people so I could write a sermon. And I don't think that's something to be proud of. Oh, yeah. So what comes to my mind is just complete surrender and just knowing the Holy spirit has it in control that we don't have to have it in control. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Um, I guess the thing I would add is, I think we got we got to go back to our first love. You know, yeah. You know, again, we let so many things sort of come into our lives and crowd out the Lord's place, and 
and we got to make him number one again and you know return to him and make that relationship with him what it should be and then you know i guess the the next part of that is we just you know let him do what he wants to do like you said surrender yeah. and, and mold us and change us and transform us and deal with whatever he wants to deal with and you know i know we're horrible at least i am i think most men are horrible to compartmentalize things and you know uh, I talk about this all the time. Like we want to give Jesus this little area, but we got to keep this side over here to yeah. ourselves and kind of thing. And this, you know, to completely surrender and let Him have every area of our lives, and then you know, just being being filled with with the Holy Spirit with with power. And then I think the last thing it sort of goes back. I think it was two episodes ago we talked about the uh, the difference between a, a river and a lake. Yeah. And uh, you got to just you got to flow like the river, you know, yeah. to your community, uh, and just step out and go and be you know, wherever he calls you to go and be whatever he calls you to be. Yeah. Complete surrender will keep you from being stagnant. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Church Reconstructed Podcast.